Nucleus Center falls to the floor. We are Hottest One Hundreds and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the hottest of the cast, in which we talk about the songs <laughs> that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is Ed Kowalch, David James Young, <laughs> and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, Adam Kowalczyk, mm. Nathan Kowalczyk, nice. and Andrew McDonald. Indeed. Oh, what a time. What a time. <laughs> Oh, god damn, we got a fucking interesting bunch today, don't we? <laughs> oh, we're gonna have a field a day with this mix. one. And we're better to start than uh put <laughs> contrary contrary to popular god. belief, this song might be the queerest of the queer out of these five. At number 25, this is Insurge with political prisoners. Prisoners. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> How much do you know from this song is for all the political prisoners? Ooh, boy. You know this is oh. going to be like a stinker. A oh, big old God. stinker. God damn. <laughs> I'm going to be controversial here, but I, th- I actually quite like the chorus. What? <laughs> yes. uh, look, oh, I... Oh, you've got industrial, industrial Yeah, it's like industrial oh. power electronics. I kind of oh. like it. Yeah. They used to um, bring a, a like shit like a bathtub to live shows and like just beat on that. Great. Yeah, I like, oh. like it a bit more. Yeah, you yeah. do. Did they, um, did they steal it? Because apparently oh, I, that's okay. Well, you can't steal anything. Adam, no, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah. Look, obviously, oh. like the spoken word bit, like 99.9% of all spoken word, and indeed 100% of all political spoken word, <laughs> is cringeworthy garbage. Like it is hot garbage. <laughs> like, hot, hot garbage. It's smelly woke garbage. garbage. Coming in it hot. Woke garbage. The hottest 100 of yeah. garbage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wokest 100. Just terrible. Obviously, there's, 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 there's no redeeming the spoken word. Like it's like it's well intended. Like 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 all political spoken word. Nobody goes into that trying to be a fascist. It's like comes from a at good, least of all these. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It comes it comes from a place of like I have sympathy with like political alignment of these people, but it's just bad. Spoken word political art is bad. The problem bad, is bad bad thing because <laughs> you either have. A core, like a verse that completely explains your political view and then becomes 20 minutes long and no one wants to listen to it, <laughs> or you have something that oversimplifies things so much that it becomes like stealing is okay. Yeah, this is, this is, <laughs> which is the first verse. Just like I'm, like I, I, I'm sure that they have more to that idea than, yeah, like, than dude, what they I, present, but it's like they have a limited amount of time. Yeah, so, so, dude, if I nicked your guitar, you probably wouldn't be down with that. No, <laughs> ex- exactly. Like. Yeah, but whatever, the, the choruses bang, and they're really good. Yeah. Look, his voice sounds really great in the chorus. Yeah. It's um, a different guy, isn't it? Maybe. Nah, maybe I it's not. it's the same guy. Oh, maybe it's the same guy. It's a guy, no, no, and he sounds whatever. okay. That guy sounds okay. I think the, Sometimes. Pro- I think, yeah. I think the production is lit as well. Heaps noisy, heaps good. Well, it reminded, reminded me of early... The, except for the Casio keyboard. <laughs> yeah, like, true. They yeah. could have picked a better keyboard sound. <laughs> maybe better keyboard sounds are part of the system, man. So, so I, I think, like... 
with a lot of industrial music, there are kind of like two paths to go down for in terms of sound production. You can go like really slick, where you're the thing that you're enjoying when you're listening to it is the slickness of the production and the like the intricacies of the textures that they're playing with. Kind of ebb more towards the electronic dance. Yeah, absolutely. Or you go the really rough version, and it's not so much about that; it's about the energy and capturing the like the actual effect of the body. Sure. Okay. It's, it's your populate itself versus your ministry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that we could probably find better clean industrial <laughs> than populate itself. But yeah, totally. Like, like ministry is totally about you. You just want to feel the energy yeah. of that recording. Mm. And this kind of doesn't manage either. That is like, true. it's not a great recording. So it's it's definitely not slick. And like the like the keyboard is weird in the mix. Everything is weird. Yeah. But particularly because the vocals are mixed so separately. To everything else, you don't get the energy of the liveness. You, you get it closest in the chorus, but I really think live this would go off, including the yep. spoken word bits. Yeah, like obviously the spoken word stuff belongs much more in like a manifesto or or anything like or that. a bin <laughs> or a bin <laughs> than a song. Like it's it's not interested in doing the kind of like the rap poetry that that Rage does when they're making the same sort of political arguments. Yeah. Um. But look, like, yeah, it's it's kind of garbage, but also as if, like, you wouldn't have gone to this show and, like, had an amazing night just, like, rocking out and, like... Speak being... for yourself. Really? You don't, <laughs> you don't think this would have gone off live? Oh, God, no. Okay, I do. I, like, and they had a huge live following. They, like, they toured with heaps of bands. They, like... In 2012, they opened for DFFX. <laughs> yeah. Oh! Yeah. Oh, I can but smell they the meth on them. Oh, <laughs> gross. Fiona Horn. Stop giving everyone cooties, you dank bitch. Whoa. Oh. 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 She's off saving children in the Northern Territory, oh, you she terrible. She fucking die. She's a <laughs> she's... This isn't the last time we talk about Insurge. Oh, Next oh, year, great. baby. Yep. Next year. <laughs> great. Fuck. But, but, like, look, I, I know, like, it's not, it's not a great song, but I can totally see from this song that they would have been a really, really energetic and, and powerful band to see live. Like, spoken word in songs is shit, but, like, could you think of, like, a, a band so, like, hard on its sleeve anarchist getting in the Hottest 100 now? Like, no, true, mm, that is true. 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 Like, they're straight up saying that people that steal are not the real criminals. The real criminals are the people that, like, own property. Like, yeah. are the people that, like, have created the capitalist system where, like, poor people don't have anything. They are the people that we should be going at rather than people who, you know, steal whatever. Like, it's not well presented, but, like, fuck yeah. On that point, there's something, and this is partly its trends, and this, this is, like an arm's reach away from saying Triple J is now crap and I'm an old man <laughs> but like Triple J like Hot 100 has definitely gotten with its popularity has gotten decidedly more centrist yeah yeah absolutely yeah. And, and safer like yeah, of course and yeah. look, is there an argument to be made that even though they don't make the strongest of or almost you know like uh, logical points inside their songs they, they present a, a view strong enough that then it's a cue doesn't need to present it all in the one song that you know the, the people who listen to it who think hey maybe there's something in that idea then yeah. go and read then go and research Absolutely. then go and become work fan. I also don't think that the like the the arguments they're making are that like badly laid out. It's just yeah. that like the form isn't good. Just like it's it's an uphill battle doing like political spoken word over an industrial track. Like it's gonna be nothing but like yeah. naff. Yeah, I but think. you know, like these are just sort of really basic Marxist ideas that they're like, "Yep, we're just gonna make a song about this because this is the band we are. We're angry about this kind of shit. We're gonna do it." And like, people ate it up. This is weird semi-American accent going through the whole thing as well, which is so. I find that really kind of sounds like Bono. <laughs> <laughs> a little. Dave, what do you think of this song? Dave loves it. We've <laughs> <laughs> already said, said that Dave's the big insurge defender. Of the <laughs> yeah. He's been singing on uh, this Another episode, oh. another instance of Dave defending insurge. Oh, or I could neck myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a healthy option. It's just as a form oh. of protest. Nobody Any right friend into that. of Fiona Horn is not a friend of mine. <laughs> do you even knock it down with the chorus, though? No! Oh, shit! Whatever. <laughs> I love how Andrew fuck... loves the chorus. Yeah. Oh. It's a great chorus. Oh, no. <laughs> No, this whole fucking thing just sounds like I don't know a fucking techno head like picked up a fucking Noam Chomsky book or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe we could do this too. Oh, I love this song as much as I love Fiona Horn. So deeply, <laughs> truly, madly deeply. <laughs> fuck this song. Oh, fuck this song. Oh yeah. Oh, there it is. Oh yeah. Mm. Fuck this song. Mm. And fuck. 
the fucking horse tranquilizer they rode in on. Nah, not fuck oh. this song. Go to a protest with this song and the next day be like, yeah, look, he's yeah. Been, you know, but like, At the also, time. Yeah. also, like, you should have come to the protest. Oh, <laughs> uh, nah. This that's song, pretty good. This song <laughs> that's how I feel yeah. about it. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. This, they, fuck, no, nah, fuck this song. I'm this done. broken you so bad. <laughs> uh, I'm so fucked off, hey. I'm fucking off it. You fascist. Well, as a bank CEO, yeah, I would expect uh, you to hate this song. Yeah, totally right. Yeah. And number 24, it's Here Am I with Purple Sneakers. Had a scratch on the And now every boy in a knitted vest has got some precedent. So I took a personality pill and something red to swill. And now every fire has gone out and every heart that wanted to kill. Let's call it a day. with a song called Purple Sneakers. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> oh, just been out of like this disgusting, sweaty fucking bush doof. And now I'm just fucking taking a nice warm shower and I'm back in my own bed with fresh with Tim sheets. Rogers. <laughs> Don't fucking get me started. <laughs> that said, I am too scared. Tim's to like, to- David, tell me, tell me how bad the death effects was. Oh, it was so <laughs> shit. Have a glass of this. Oh. Tell me all your problems. Oh. So that's your ASMR. It's, t- it's yeah. Tim Rogers yeah. offering you wine and asking you. Commiserating. Oh. He's like, I don't like Fiona either. Uh, <laughs> I never did. <laughs> I'm Tim Rogers. <laughs> what a beautiful fucking song. What Just another incredible insight into Tim Rogers' life and his upbringing and his coming of age uh, set to this gorgeous chord arrangement that you know inverts a lot of major chords and you know kind of goes out of the home key when you least expect it like yeah it just it's a really cleverly arranged song and it's a really beautiful song that's not something that always comes up in the world of umi it's usually you know a lot of it's fun and hand claps especially around this era of the band you know jewels and bullets berlin share at all but um i think a song like this really shows the versatility of a band like umi and it shows the sentiment that can come with their music this was something that they'd explore a lot further on the ali daily album which is <laughs> One of my favorite albums of all time, and I've I've talked at length of how much I love that record, and yeah, this, there's a reason this song has stuck around as you know the test of time. It's about feeling like an outsider for your entire life, and you know how you boys become men, but sometimes you know you'll always be that boy in in some way, shape, or form, and I think that's something that you know people can relate to that resonates with people, and that's why it's. it's it stood the test as, you know, one of Tim Rogers' most celebrated pieces. Mm. So, yeah, this is one of my favourite songs of the entire countdown. One of my... Yeah. Another another classic in in, in the arsenal of, you know, uh, a man that is one of the main reasons that I wanted to pursue songwriting in my own right, you know? So... I could babble on for fucking ever, but I'll, I'll let the rest of you guys add it, see what you think. I just love the line, let's call it a day because it's just such a wonderful kind of mindful resignation, which is what the song kind of is to me. In addition to being like vaguely nostalgic for a simple kind of sadness, which I think is a really interesting place to sit. Like that's kind of what I get from this is just 
there's such an openness and an acceptance and and a resignation and with that i think there's a certain degree of hope present in it without it being overly hopeful so it just becomes this kind of light helped musically by the kind of sound of those of those like really airy synth lines and the beautiful chord progression and tim not being as much of a rock star as we've heard him be before mm. Whether it by be by craft or simply because the the content that he's playing with means so much to him that he can't help but express more vulnerability. But it, what you get is just a lovely bit of vulnerability from him in that vocal performance, which just makes it a wonderfully kind of comforting, friendly song. And I think we've often talked about the relationship that you and I have as being like a new wave of Australian pub rock, which I think is really interesting because I think the emotions that they play with here are not too dissimilar from some of the other pub rock acts that we've had in the past. Oh, like Cold Chisel? Exactly Chisel. He's exactly who I was yeah. thinking of. You know what I mean? And yet they do it in a very UMI kind of way. They update it. They do it for a new demographic, for a new a new brand of listener. And they totally bring that kind of emotion and that kind of connection forward. In you know, And they translate it. And it works. And this song clearly is lovely. It's and beautiful. I'll, yeah. Uh, it's interesting to say the um that like let's call it a day because for me the line of the whole song is definitely took a personality pill and something also, red to swirl. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, also I mean that's that's the, that's the kind of gorgeous yeah, yeah the yeah. crux of it as well yeah. yeah. Having said that, I think this um this is not why I turned to UMI this kind of sound. Um, no, and sure. I think I think I must have heard songs like this growing up, and then that's why I was kind of before I came to appreciate UMI for the great band that they are. Um, when I heard songs like this. And then I thought, like, man, it's weird that everyone always talks about how perfectly great UMI are. They just sound like a, this is a very radio-friendly, triple M safe kind of song. So I was surprised to find it people loving them as a rock band because um, this is an undeniably beautifully composed song. Like, this, like you can't argue that this song isn't great, mm. but like it's not what I turned to UMI for. And it was, like now that I can appreciate it for what it is, like, but looking back, I was this was certainly a signifier of why I was confused as to why there was this, such a great outpouring of love for you and I as a rock band when like this was the song or this sound of song was what I was more familiar with. Mm. But like it is a damn well written song and it's like there's no arguing that it's not a beautiful piece of work because it really is. And it, it's Tim does a perfect job mm. in a higher register than I'm used to hearing him in and he carries it really, really well. Like his voice is a couple of times you think like, oh, it's going to break, but it never does. He just is a really, really good singer. Which is classic stuff. for his style. Of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, this, this is not why I turned to UMI, even though it is a great song. Yeah. I think it is a holiday from the UMI sound, which is why I'm glad that I am more familiar with the rockier kind of UMI. And we, as a, as a podcast, have kind of discussed some of the rockier, more uh, vital pieces of, yeah. of the UMI mm. kind of uh, catalogue before we came to this one. Because mm. I think uh, in the context of, of, say, like your Berlin chairs and your jewels and bullets, this is a really nice contrast to that. Yeah. And it's yeah. better for that being yeah. a contrast. It's, it's so rewarding to have been able to track chronologically the evolution of this band throughout like years of a countdown uh-huh. yeah. and, and their appearance in it. It's great. But I think even like it is such a different song, but it's still undeniably the same band that wrote Berlin Chair. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and like it's still the same Tim Rogers who is like such an incredible front man and still has all of the energy and charisma of those rockier tracks that he brings to this. And I think yeah. that's what really elevates it past being something that could be a lot more middle of the road or whatever. But it's it's just such a gorgeous song. Like the chord arrangements are so lovely. Like everything just feels so grounded in like memory, you know, in, yes. in place and feeling and, and like mourning something that happened a long time ago. Mm. Yeah, Just all the sort of shimmery effects on the guitar and the synth that just like really makes it feel like a memory. That's like what the song sounds like. Totally. I think that's, yeah. it's gorgeous and it's just so rich and like the organ over the top and everything. But I, I think in, in the end, it just always comes back to Tim and, and he can like even songs like this, he can write a rock song as good as the best and sell it even better. How it's fucking cool. exciting to be... Growing up with UMI at this time, I was thinking that kind of independently while I was listening to it, like thinking about where this fit in the context of Australian music and in the Hottest 100 and all that kind of stuff, going like, man, it must have been so, so fucking satisfying to see this Australian mm. band rise mm. to the top of their game. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure we all have examples of that kind of ourselves as well, of backing a band from the very beginning, you know, hearing their track on an EP or even at a live show before they even became big. And next thing, they're the biggest band in Australia. But like, that's so special yeah. to have. And that doesn't happen all the time. And when it does, it's incredibly special. And as I was kind of thinking that, I stumbled upon a quote from Davey Lane. 
Hey. Who is, you know, he became one of the guitarists from UMI. He but did was, indeed in 2002. Was, yeah. yeah, but was first and foremost just a massive UMI fan. Yeah, did the guitar tablature on their website. That's right, when yeah. he was 14. Yeah. Um, like, I hope everyone grows up to be part of their favorite band. We That's said it, that in right? the past. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Well, he did. Mac is about to get the call up to Ben Bush. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, that would be weird. Uh, like, would be re- in 2016. <laughs> you really about, want to tour with Bush? What about if there were two offers on the table, Mac? It was either Bush or the Crash Test Dummies. Crash oh. Test Dummies. Because he, oh, yes. he seems like a bad guy. Like, he's, like <laughs> you just want to hang out with that You guys get on like, yeah. a house on fire. Yeah, he seems like a fuckwit. I think I don't like that. <laughs> There you go. But the quote that, that Davy Lane came out with was um, discovering... I'll, I'll actually read it. It's like, when I heard Hi-Fi Way, it was a revelation in the sense of, oh my God, it's a band who are playing right now who are making records as vital as the one I've grown up listening to. to like comparing nice. them to the Kinks and the Who. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. All those other bands are saying like, this, this shit is happening right now. So I think that's just ace. It's <laughs> <That's> pretty funny. Sarajevo. <laughs> Thanks. How to pronounce Sarajevo. YouTube.com. Cool. Number 23, this is Passengers with Miss Sarajevo. Sarajevo. But Adam. Yes. These passengers look slightly familiar. They do. Uh, Perhaps we might have talked about some people involved in this project before. All right, Dave, just keep your voice down. We don't want to alert their attention or anything, but you see that guy off the back wearing the leather and those fucking ridiculous sunglasses? That's Pavarotti. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Friend of the show. <laughs> Friend of the show. <laughs> Friend of the show. Luciano Pavarotti. Pavarotti. We just oh. call him the Pav round here. Yeah. Yeah. Also known as your mate. <laughs> <laughs> the one tenor himself. <laughs> and, the, and the guys sitting next to him are Bono and Brian Eno. That is the who guy. the guys. The other two. The other two guys hanging around. Um, they, that's who we're referring to when we refer to passengers. As far as I know, this was the only passengers project um, yep. that these guys got together on. And. The name of the album was Original Soundtracks 1. The idea being that Bono and Brian Eno, and this sounds more like a Brian Eno idea than a Bono idea, (laughs) but, you know, this is at a weird time for Bono, as we previously discussed, so who knows? Um, They were creating soundtracks for movies that didn't exist. Honestly, if Brian Eno comes up to you and says, hey, how about we do this idea? Do you want to say it's both of our ideas? I'll probably say yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But it does seem like more of a Brian (laughs) Eno thing. And honestly, the surprise M. Night Shyamalan twist to that is that the soundtrack that this became did exist as a film. Um, It was a documentary... Um, actually, I believe called Miss Sarajevo, or is it yep. called something else? No, it was actually called Miss Sarajevo. Yeah, produced by Bono. And by a guy called Bill Carter, who contacted Bono 
whilst he was doing the Zoo TV tour and also then became part of the Zoo TV live show. They were crossing to, to Bosnia at the time as well, which makes mess. me wonder how much actual music they ended up playing. Like, <laughs> Nothing but skits. <laughs> well, I mean, how much time do you have? You're going to cross to Bosnia, you're going to spend some time there because you don't want to, you know, like, pay face service yeah. to a war-torn heaps country. Of, heaps of devil sketches, you know, cross over to Bosnia. All right, we've got time for the Batman song and then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Max Bisto with special guests, you too. Because yeah. I imagine when you get Salman Rushdie on the horn, he's going to talk for a little while. <laughs> you know? He it's, would do. Everyone's just <laughs> sitting there. It's just like, what do we, what do, we do? Oh, yeah. God. So that's that's what I it imagine. sucks being fat, Wad. Thanks, Salmon. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> Sunday! Bloody Sunday! <laughs> the real bloody Sunday is being fat, Wad. <laughs> <laughs> when you're me, Salmon Rusty. <laughs> That's exactly how it went down. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty hard in the context of music, I think, to create a genuine feeling of the surreal. And yet, for me, this song being Bono and Brian Eno on an album mostly about songs for movies that don't exist and then about a movie that does exist about a beauty pageant happening in a war-torn country which then features Pavarotti out of nowhere actually as soon as Pavarotti hit I actually had a moment of what am I listening to and it genuinely me off so much that I would describe it as like a feeling of, of being in the presence of the surreal right there. That's kind of genius. So is this a new song for you? It was. I'd never heard this before. Yeah, right. Same. Yeah. Oh. Um, now the Pavarotti thing was apparently Pavarotti's idea as yeah. well. Do we have that great quote? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. If you do not do this collaboration with me, God will be very mad, oh, yeah. mm. says Pavarotti. Well, they did, so I guess we'll never know if God exists. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been, worth, it, it been <laughs> worth it to find out. On paper, like it's weird. Where it's like experimental <laughs> it's ambient songs for imagined soundtracks. Like, holy shit, this could be good. But then it's just Bono. The whole <laughs> song is just flipping Bono. Oh, I don't know. I get a lot. Of, I get a lot of Eno, you know, and I think the things I like more about it is, is are the Eno you know, elements. If there was, of... if, there, if it was instrumental, I'd be all over it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. I think Bono's like. I mean, apart from the times where he decides to indulge in the falsetto, and I'm just like, ah. Oh. It's like, mate, there's a good singer on this track already. Yeah. <laughs> He, I mean, Leave it I, to the pros. A little bit more restraint from Bono wouldn't have gone astray, but I think what he brings to the Said table... Said the 20th century. <laughs> <laughs> the Bono story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we need to talk about Zoo TV again. <laughs> oh. but, but, like, I, I think it's it's great. I, I don't mind the song at all. I think it's it, it, it's weird enough and just strange enough and gives me such a, a weird kind of feeling and creates such a weird presence that I kind of can't help but get down with it. I love um, Eno... Like his production here, like because obviously I guess like he's just a, a, a producer. Like he was in pop band, like he was a Roxy Music. Yeah, that's right. Artist, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like, I certainly know him more. Like, I'm a big Eno fan of his ambient works. Oh yeah, me like, too. Up mm. until the current day as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, he's a terrific ambient composer. And this, I know at the time he was a real big like kind of public advocate for the uh, like he really academicized and bigged up um my buddy valentine and shoegazing and oh, that really? sound here i think is like he clearly likes that enough here like the shimmering mm. nature of his production like because oh. I, I know a bit about him so i can't help but like historicize oh, sure. his actions but that that's that's great like, yeah and it's I super, think that shimmering sense. is isn't is a u2 element as well agree no totally he, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. bringing that out in in a yeah. slightly different context but i agree yeah. with with the shoegaze is, um, somebody who knows a bit more about this album than me is YouTube present or is it just Bono? Like, is the edge? I was going to wonder about that. Playing myself, guitar on this, yeah. yeah, I think so. I think it's right. the band. Right, okay. pretty sure it's the band. If it was an instrumental track, I'd probably be raving about it. Mm. But like, I did the, the Bono stuff. Just, I, I don't like the way he writes pop music. Hey, another thing I thought of. So we had a pretty great um, revelation about, you know, man, we'd never get something as overtly political as Insurge <laughs> coming into the countdown again. Can you imagine, like, anyone looking at a song like this now and going, like, man, that's going to bang on countdown day. <laughs> yeah, fully right. <laughs> like, like, this would be whoo. a weird song to have a party around, and it, which, which, which to me proves that, like... It, it's once again another piece of evidence that shows the the hottest 100 as a big institution as we know it today, where you do gather and you do have parties and it is an event day. Mm-hmm. Maybe people were just voting for the songs that they liked at this point. They they weren't considering what it would be like to have it pop up on the no, day as I, part I, of. I, the, think I think people think still account. do that. I think people still yeah. It's just like, that there's way more people now, so like the weirder songs don't get in. Yeah, but I definitely I don't know. Like I I definitely. I'm aware of, p- of the way people vote being influenced by what they want to hear on the day, not just, you know, what they yeah, think maybe, was the best but... song of the year. I think it's certainly a, a combination of both. But just say you were you had your shortlist, 
you're gonna you're gonna go for the bangers because that's what's gonna make for you know no, but I a think more I, dynamic countdown. But I think people go for the bangers because those are the more popular songs. Mm. Like I, th- I don't know, we- I, weird songs aren't as popular. Like, but I also I also think there's a certain element of momentum. Uh, Deej, you 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 are the U two fan of the room. Yeah, but this isn't U two. I so know. I'm allowed to say. Yeah. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> oh, I thought you would be quite. Yeah. It's too. It's too much. It's, it's like, a lot. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> no one's saying it's not a lot. All Bono, everything, and this the Pavarotti cameo at the end is just, just like, you've stuck this shit together. Just like it feels so like. <laughs> it's just like yeah, that'll have to do. It's just like we had two separate ideas, and we're just like we're short on time. We might as well just <laughs> stick the two together. Like this isn't a natural collaboration to me. Like. The Highwayman, that's a fucking natural collaboration. <laughs> Brandy and Monica, that's a natural <laughs> collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Mariah Carey and Old Dirty Bastard, that's a, that's a great <laughs> natural collaboration. Yeah, this, this just doesn't make any goddamn sense. And not one of those cool ways, like, you know, like Katie Lang and Tony Bennett or something like that. It's not like an odd couple kind of deal. It's just like... Well, we have these two massive, you know, egos in the history of vocals. Let's see what happens. Uh, not much happens. It's kind of a non-event, to be honest. Like uh, the Pavarotti thing could almost be a sample. Like yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's not even there. Like, it's it great least... that it's not though. Like I love, I love that it's not. I love yeah. that it's bespoke. I really like this track. I um, yeah, cool. I've known about it since I, I guess, since I was a kid or whatever. I remember um. My first job working at a fruit shop in Wollongong, after a while I started running orders around town in the van, and the van's um, radio was busted, but there was a CD player, and after a while I ended up bringing in my own CDs, but um, until then the only CD in the van was disc two of the two disc U2 best of, which is the um, oh, the 1991 the stuff yeah. onwards, which is no one's favorite disc in a two disc U2 best of. Yeah, like so, it's really yeah, hot. Of, <laughs> it's got like a little bit of lemon. Lemon. I don't even. Yeah, yeah, it totally did. Yeah, even and, better than the real thing. Yeah, beautiful yeah, day. Beautiful day. Yeah, uh, the, the, the sweetest, the sweetest, sweetest thing. thing. I totally love that thing. song. Yeah, yeah. I always skipped this song. Um, but I also think as like a teenage punk kid driving a <laughs> van full of fruit orders around Wollongong, <laughs> it was my right to skip this song. <laughs> yeah, That's totally, okay. I, totally. But I think I think this vibe is, is some of the best to sort of come out of the U2 and Eno collaborating. I think like it's really gorgeous. I, I get that there's a bit of Bono, you know. Like, <laughs> a bit. But I think, I think the best criticism of Bono's charity work is that he makes it about himself. And I think in this track, he doesn't do that as much as he does the rest of his life. Yeah, cool. Oh, okay. Um, I can buy that. Yeah. And, but I, I think probably more than anything, it's like, I'm really glad that Pavarotti is in the hottest 100. Yeah. Like ever. Like it's such a beautiful, but really small reminder that the world of music is so much bigger than the pop and rock that we get in this countdown. And like, he's just an incredible singer. Like it's not even about high and low art. Like Bono is called a good singer. So many people we talk about in this countdown are called good singers. Pavarotti is like yeah, a, a capital G, singer. capital S good singer. Mm. Like he, he is doing things that no one else in this countdown can do. There's a lot of value in that, I think, in, in him having a presence in the countdown like that. Yeah. So the, the documentary, uh, Miss Sarajevo, was about um, the siege of Sarajevo, which was the longest siege in uh, modern history. It went for nearly four years um, and it focused on a beauty pageant um, and the lives of sort of the people in the city who were just sort of trying to go about their lives despite being in an incredibly long siege and having a beauty pageant as they normally did because it's that thing of you try and just keep normality or whatever, Mm. Um, which is an amazing, amazing thing to make the documentary about. And I think that's really cool. And and I think the the song's really good for that. I think despite the fact that it's Bono, I think the song is a good effort at making something uh, bigger than yourself and about something other than yourself. Like you said, there's Mm. totally a surreal element to it. It's well, about it's, it's about another surreal, place and another yeah. time and another another group of people and and I think when when it hits right it it can take you there and that's that's really powerful and I think that's 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 awesome. Weirdly, I'm I'm in the middle of reading Black Rock White City, which is about uh, refugees from that war living in Melbourne. I uh, just won the Miles Franklin Award. It's by oh. A.S. Patrick and it's really good. Yeah, it's um, really good. Solid. But yeah, it's just it's it's got a beautiful tone. It lets you float away, think about another place. I just. I think I think it's a good track. It's not it's weird and yeah, maybe the pieces don't work 
perfectly. I don't think they ever could, but I think I think it's good. Cool, I'm with you, man. Yeah, well said. The time for fun and games is over. <laughs> All right, bitches, they're back, and they fucking mean business. New song this time. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. At number twenty-two, this is live with lightning crashes. Lightning Hottest 100 with a song called Lightning Crashes. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> god damn. Oh, wow. Oh, fuck yeah. What do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I got nothing more to say. I'm just. Is, I'm just, struggling. This, is the, oh, this yeah. is the least ironic song I've this heard in like, a long time. This is the fourth <laughs> live song we've talked about for a total of five times now. <laughs> yeah. In the last two. Se- or if you include two, I alone. Oh, I, I, and this and one. And you should. It feels like, certainly, this countdown has been nothing but live. Yeah. <laughs> like, did did Triple J just really like live? Okay. Uh, can you blame them? <laughs> no, Have you like, heard? I just, like, I, I, worry, I worry that it was an earnest love and not a cheesy love. And oh, it, it, definitely, it, it was definitely earnest. I'm, there's yeah. no doubt oh, in my mind. Oh, so goddamn earnest! That makes me worry about what, in 20 years' time... Will people look back and say in 2016, like, really? Was that was that an? I think I worry that that was an earnest love. I would I like to like, think I that think we're, we're already saying, like on that. Yeah, probably. about. I, um, I think people will say that about um, two acts that I'm thinking of. One is Kings of Leon, and <laughs> one is um, who did that song, Little Lion Man. Oh, Mumford. Mumford and Sons. Did you Mumford. just pretend not to know <laughs> I forgot the band name. I knew, it was, I knew it was something and something. <laughs> Kings of Leon are a really good live analogue yeah. for the 20, I love 2010s. Kings of Leon. <laughs> <laughs> there we have it. I, it's just Shrek like... codifier. Yeah, baby. It's I, like, it, I don't even know if we need to talk. It's such a... It's such we've, a we've by the numbers life. emotional song. Like the strip back versus the slow building, the weird religious symbolism. Oh. I just like, I don't know anymore. I don't think anyone should have to cast a critical eye over live as much as we have had to. Yeah. The only note I have here is a uh, comment from YouTube user Trill Murray. <laughs> my boy, my boy. <laughs> I was browsing memes in another window and started listening to this song. I had to stop browsing. I have to feel this pain first. And let me say, Trill, me too, my man. Me, me too. too. Trill, oh my Murray. God. I just want all stories to start with, I was browsing memes in another window. <laughs> Done. I'm just so tired. What do you want from me, life? Like, what? I just want I just feel it. I want you to feel. Feel it! <laughs> Feel it in your fucking balls. Yeah! That is where Mr. Live would have his heart, in his balls. 
Both of his balls are called Chad. <laughs> he has two balls called yeah, Chad. There are two balls called Chad in life. Yeah. <laughs> and number 21, this is Garbage with Queer. Coming in at number 21 with a song called Queer. Garbage are here. That's exciting. Yeah. That's super yeah. exciting. I'm very happy garbage. to have them I had no idea. No, I, really? I, this album was massive. I, I was We're seven. not even done. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My garbage timeline is all mixed up, and I didn't real I didn't think we'd be talking about them for a little while. Mixed up your garbage. Pleasant surprise. Yeah. Paper with plastic. Oh god, <laughs> mess. What a mess. What a mess. mess. But this oh. is so great. Well, it's been night, so uh, <laughs> yeah. Put everything out. Tell us what you think. Look, I, I think like this is this is a great song. I think even from this one really early song, you can see all of the things that garbage are playing with, and that's so great. You get ideas of how you represent sexuality in music. You get aggressive femininity. You get dissonance in pop in terms of melody and aesthetic. And they're like, and it's just great. They're taking so much of what bands like Hole, um, and particularly Courtney Love herself, uh, do, and they're packaging it in this accessible but also uncomfortably slick veneer. They're like pushing the edge of what they can fit in something that, on the surface level, is very like pop driven and very like radio friendly. But I think there's a lot of darkness and subterfuge in that, yeah. and and it's great. Obviously, it's all about Shirley. Like, yeah. it's just always going to be. And she's great in this. I love how sinister she is. That sneer in yeah. the verses. It's oh, so good. So good. And I think that stuff plays so well around the repeated do 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 Like, that's so sort of in, inoffensive or whatever. That kind of really relaxed refrain. Um, and it lets her just, like, really sneer at it because it lays that sort of 90s disaffected cool ground layer for her to build on. Great song. Garbage for me have always been, I guess, they've always stood with one foot, two in straightforward pop music for, for me to spend much time with them. But I, from what I know, I like, obviously, like everybody. And obviously, like, Queerest of the Queer is obviously like the fucking line of the year so far. Oh. Um, mm. Just terrific. Um, and the delivery, and, too. Exactly, oh, yeah. so sexy. It's her. And this, but like, this is kind of cool, weird, tri- like, more trippy than I was expecting it mm. to be as well. Like, mm. cool for a number of reasons. But like, again, just as a piece of music just for me subjectively and this is purely just absolutely my hang up more than anything else but like it's just a bit too easy like for a song called Queer and a line Queer to the Queer I, I, re- I saw that and I'm like oh it's early garbage as well I thought like I thought maybe they would have gotten more accessible as they went on but they knew what they were doing from day one and that's to their credit they're really good at what they do but it's just a little bit too easy for me I, 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 I was wanting it a do, bit rougher do you think it gets there towards the end of the song where it does get a lot more a little bit but like yeah, not, not but enough, enough. Journey. yeah like it's, 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 it's a very 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 good song I'm not mm. denying yeah, it no, in no, any no, way I, it's I, just that it's yeah I, it's, I, I, I wanted it like yeah. yeah. Maybe once it gets dirty, I kind of resent the fact that it gets clean again. There's a part of me that wants, when it kicks up, to just continue to kick up and just stay in that really messy, undone kind of thing and kind of unravel in a heap at the end. I like that it doesn't give everything away. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then there's that, going back to the clean is also that, it, it fits that idea of, of something really, mm. um, yeah, okay. whatever, but then you just go about your day. 
the next day. You know, like it's it's Patrick oh, Bateman nice. putting the suit back on the next day and and going back to work. Going back to it's like yeah. it's that kind of thing. Yeah, mm. sure. And Does well, this mean I garbage mean, garbage Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Elvis was a little bit too trip hop for my yeah. taste. So. <laughs> Damn, no, I really, wasn't. I really like that reading. I completely redact what I said. That's um, <laughs> that's heaps good. That, yeah, and that that reads really nice. And I think, I think that's that's what they're playing with as well, just with the kind of the pop stuff, but with the, I love the, the fact subversive stuff sitting underneath it, and it kind of you know it rises and, and ebbs and stuff. Yeah, I love the coyness in which they talk about this song in interviews and whatever. It's like, oh well, we didn't we didn't kind of know that the that the queer community were kind of gonna kind of pick up on this. We didn't know that it was gonna be that sexy. It's like guys, <laughs> right, like. <laughs> The well, one. your chorus yeah. is the queerest of the queer, and it sounds like this. The fuck you think is going to happen? Yeah, like, exactly. If you want to, if you want to have a good time, don't read the YouTube comments where people are arguing about what they mean by queer because it's really? like it's real bad. <laughs> okay, oh cool. my god, everyone, yeah. shut up! Yeah, cool. The, the internet is a bucket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have loved garbage since I was seven or eight years old, and I saw them on Rage for the first time. It, it would have been around the time of their second album, version two point mm. So I was watching videos for songs like. Uh, when I grow up, yeah. uh, which ends up Cherry the... Lips as well. Is no, no, the... Cherry Lips was on Absolute Garbage, which uh, yeah. came out in two thousand two. Yeah, uh, this was nineteen ninety eight. So uh, the singles from that album were Push It, uh, Special, I Think I'm Paranoid, and as mm. I said, When I Grow Up, which uh, was also featured on the soundtrack for Big Daddy. Hey, hey. <laughs> classic Sandler, love it. Um, Kangaroo Song, yeah, great, great movie. Go what watch that to movie. That kid? He's probably dead. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's two kids. Uh, that happens actors. a lot with child actors. Yeah, it's very yeah. common because there's child no. there's child labor laws that prohibit kids from having a full day of work. Thanks, Screen Crush. See the cast of Big Daddy then and now. I'm I'm clearly only interested <laughs> in one character from Big Daddy. Well, what does Adam what, is, look what like? does Rob Schneider look like yeah. now? What does John really Stewart well? Look I bet like he now. looks really well. Yeah, it was two kids. Two um twins. How did? How did well, they yeah. have two. Sorry? What are the kids up to? Because so so the kid in Big Daddy was Dylan and Cole. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> this is great. Just to, finish. To, just wrap it up. Dylan and Cole. Cole recurring role as Ben on Friends. Ross's son. I knew that. Oh, yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Wow. So in in the end, Ross was the Big Daddy. <laughs> I think it's very good in Friends after um Rachel has her kid. Ben just disappears from the show. Like Ross doesn't only room for one kid. Yeah. <laughs> this is a podcast about music. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Ross paid his child support. <laughs> yeah, he would, have bi- he would have bitched about it, though. Oh, I yeah, reckon. totally, totally. Nah, he's a good guy. He would have done it. He's also a bit of a bitch boy. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, the Rembrandts uh, came out this year. Did they just? That, that song. Oh, huh? uh, yeah. The, the Friends song. Oh, 95. Bringing it back to music. Oh, <laughs> oh dear me. Yeah, so, this song was all. So, like I was saying, oh my God. <laughs> what song are we talking about? Who the fuck Queer. cares? It doesn't Queer. matter. We've said all we needed to say. As yeah, well. you guys. I, I start you guys off. God. David, I haven't even it's... seen Friends. <laughs> Bullshit. You were born in the 90s. You I know... haven't seen oh. Friends. You've never seen No. Friends. Wow. Why? Is that bad? That's just like odd. to not to not have <laughs> seen any of it. Like regardless Why would of any of you, you look at me it? now. It's it's just odd to have not seen it. You guys, it's like no, never. It's like not really seen Seinfeld. The Simpsons. It's just making me really worried. You guys are. Don't worry. It's I fine. thought you guys were just gonna like. You obviously can't get into it now. Like it's, it wouldn't make no, any sense. David, just tell me you got into normal. you got into garbage in '98 ish or whatever. Yes. Rage. Or whatever. It was you know whenever it was. You know. Anyway, back to me. Yeah, please. I like garbage. Still now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, their their later output hasn't been like fucking as groundbreaking, but you know, I'm happy that they're still out there doing stuff. I got to interview Butch Vig earlier this year. He's a nice man. He has some interesting things to say. He's the guitarist, or... drummer, drummer. Uh, also, very famed producer. Mm, uh, produced from Nevermind at all. Mm. He produced Nevermind and then was in Garbage Now. Yeah, like oh, as he, in, as he, in, he start. He was one of the founding members of Garbage. So was he quite old when he was starting Garbage? Because I imagine like they wouldn't have given Nevermind. They're all pretty old, old now. Like they're all in like their late forties, early fifties. Yeah, yeah, fully. And Duke, but... Duke, the guitarist, is actually in his sixties. Right. That makes yeah. Hmm. So like now, like because they were old as fuck when they started. That's what I was thinking. If the because they were all, like Nevermind... producer types, producer and songwriter types, 
that were just kind of disaffected with like what pop music was doing. This is like, we could do that. We could do it better. We've got this singer that we're into. Let's fucking hire her. Go from there. Cool. And, you know, they made this fucking genius multi-platinum record with multiple hits, several of which we'll get to talk about, including this one. It's it's sexy and sultry and grooves like hell. I I love the fact that there is such a versatility to what a garbage hit can be. Like, if you look at all of the songs that have been popular by Garbage, all of them have, like, a couple of uh, recurring factors, but so many variables. You know, there are so many different elements at work in each of their songs, and that's why I find them interesting as a unit, like as a group, you know? So, uh... Yeah, I think the song is really cool, and I'm I'm stoked we get to talk a little more about garbage in the in the years and uh, immediate countdown to come. Hmm. Oh my god, I actually got through something. That was oh, this is a revolution. I wonder how much longer I can. That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to FBI. Uh, before we get out of here, we're going to nominate our favourite and our least favourites from this bracket. And we're starting with you, Adam. Purple Sneakers is my favourite song out of the last five songs that we have discussed. And I'm going to give the Waste to Insurge. I am going to do the exact same. Yeah, same, I guess. I think my favourite was Insurge, my least favourite was Live. (laughs) (laughs) Favourite was Insurge? Yeah, the chorus bangs. (laughs) This isn't the hottest choruses and passes, mate. (laughs) Wow. 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 Jesus. Well, on behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. Yep. On behalf of Mr. Andrew McDonald. Yep. And on behalf of Mr. Adam Puncher. Nice. My name. Yeah, I it. You never even seen haven't it. even seen the show. No, no. Haven't Fuck, even man. seen the show. No one told him not to be this way. No, definitely not. <laughs> is that a reference to the show? <laughs> Fuck you. My name is David James Kowalczyk. Keep music live. Because you think about like when people clap in audiences, it's never in time. Like <laughs> a thousand people awkwardly. No <laughs> <laughs> like that. Exactly what it was. Yeah. <laughs>